0: you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right, roll it.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
0: Open your hearts and loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy.
2: Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text, sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu. They gonna talk about it, ah, yeah, you are about it, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Couples Therapy. I'm Naomi.
1: I'm Andy.
0: And we are a couple of comedians. We are engaged. We host the live show Couples Therapy where we have comics do sets together about their relationship. And on this podcast, we bring the best sets to you. How you doing, Andy?
1: How am I doing? Good, I think. You know what? Not good. I don't know. We're taping this. Uh, Aretha Franklin just passed away. I know. I know, girl. And one of the foundations of our relationship, or will you say this, is that I watched a lot of television when I was a kid, uh, a lot of black television.
0: Yeah, black sitcoms. And I was very, you know, Andy growing up as a white boy in a very white section of Pennsylvania,
1: (laughs) we found ourselves bonding over the 90s
0: television shows. Yeah.
1: So so this makes sense. Aretha Franklin saying the Theme song for a different world. Yes, she did, and she told us all the truths. Can you imagine? By the way, I w- I was listening to it a couple times today. Can you imagine? Now, who was like the equal of Aretha Franklin? Now there
0: is no equal to Aretha. But you know
1: what I mean, like who's in that world singing right. like the Friends theme song? Like who's <laughs> who does theme songs now? Like what, what you know? I know. Can you imagine of like? prince singing the themes i mean obviously he passed away but like him doing the theme song to young sheldon
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it had to be like a black show it had to be like like i don't know like is there a dope theme song to empire or something
1: i don't know i've never seen it
0: i know i wonder like but i feel like yeah it was all about it's like you got aretha to do that theme song you knew nobody was changing the channel you know what i'm saying and i feel like Oh, Aretha is the truth and the light, okay? Do you remember when she, like, filled in for, like, Pavarotti? <laughs> yes. Okay? That's my favorite thing. Everyone keeps talk about like, Aretha, like, Aretha filled in for Pavarotti. She was like, all right, let me do this opera real quick. And it's <laughs> like, she is
1: everything. I mean, it truly, like, if if, let's pretend, listener, that you do not understand what the phrase black excellence means. <laughs> That's it. If you are so good at what you do that you can just... Jump into an opera and right. be like, "Yeah, I got it."
0: Yeah, like also like live on television. It's yeah. not like, "Oh, let's go to the music room and see what we do." Aretha was like, "Where the camera at?" I got some opera for you, bitch.
1: And it was live. Yeah, this isn't some like hundred seat East Village Opera House. <laughs> Ooh, I
0: love this idea of an
1: East Village Opera House.
0: <laughs> what would be an East Village Opera House?
1: You know, it's like they do from back in the like forties and fifties a lot of Yiddish theater, <laughs> Yiddish opera.
0: British operas, oh my god! It was Always so
1: much Surrus, the famous Yiddish opera. <laughs> but yeah, so in the '90s there was so much black television. Yeah, that you know what do we got two two seven, Amen, a uh, different world, Cosby Show. Obviously tainted now by a monster, but still, at the time. I mean, all of it. All so many shows. It was a tide.
0: homeboys in outer space. Homeboys in outer space was the beginning <laughs> of the end. It's when the tide started UPN to turn. When, it, like, when... It, like the tide turned. The tide <laughs> But no, it was like there were so many shows, and it was such a time where you were like, oh yeah, I could do that. I could do that. You know,
1: I feel like now there's like you. You're saying I could be an actor.
0: Yeah, me you're as a kid that. watching that. Other things like I want to be an actor. I was like I grew up on black TV. You know. My formative years were
1: watching black people on television. I was like, yes, please, and thank you. Yeah. And then, you know, things, but I think you—you've always things said, changed in the odds. You've always said you're like H- Andy. Did you think you would fall in love with a black woman? Right. And I'm saying like, well, I never thought who I would fall in love with in the first place. But like, the horizon of possibilities in terms of ethnicity of my <laughs> of my sweet wife would never like dawn on me that it, you couldn't be black right wow oh god my
0: god he was woke before they was woke <laughs> it never dawned on andy that i couldn't be black well hello mister <laughs> so proud of you i am so proud of you it's funny it's so interesting though when you talk like when you say you're like i never thought about it So much of my like middle school and teen years was thinking about it. It was all about the list of the man and thinking about people. I was like always having crushes. I was a very intense crush person. You know what I mean? And then, honey, I discovered Ani DeFranco in ninth grade and it was a wrap. Okay. (laughs) All those emotions
1: went to a 20. I had tons of crushes, but like it, there wasn't, I wasn't limiting my eros (laughs) to a certain ethnicity. Your Eros was unbridled? (laughs) Yes. Unbridled
0: unbridled Eros. (laughs) Unbridled Eros,
1: yes. That's what it
0: was. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man. too good. You guys, are you ready to hear our first set? Speaking of unbridled Eros. (laughs) I I was going to say, there's a wonderful segue into our first set from The Virgil in Los Angeles, a show we did just in August. This first set is from John Gamberling and Andrea Rosen. Before you go
1: to their bios, hold on. Genuinely, when I started at UCB, like, these people were some of my favorites. Like, Andrea was doing stand-up. John was on an improv team called Death by Ruru, which was and always will be my favorite improv team at UCB.
0: Yeah. He reminds me a lot. You guys are similar to me. Yes. In like a very similar essence. You guys, I'll tell you what we're talking about, okay? John Gamberling and Andrea Rosen are actors and improvisers who are also married. You've seen John Gamberling on a lot of shows like Broad City, Marry Me, and The President Show where he recently played Steve Bannon. (laughs) and It was hilarious. Andrea is the creator and star of the show Take Me to Your Mother, and you've seen her on other shows like Episodes, Get Shorty, and Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. So you guys... Buckle in for two weirdos who are deep in love. Get ready, loosen them bust for John Gamberling and Andrea Rosen. Roll it.
5: Hi.
6: Hi, you guys. Hi.
5: We're married.
6: We didn't have these shirts made for this show we have had them for many years we just
5: have these shirts we just have them and the way you say it is
6: our mommy and daddy
5: dressed us the same but in different colors so she can tell us (laughs) apart and that means that (laughs) we're so similar we're like twins the only way you can tell us apart is dress us different colors.
6: And like, I guess in this scenario, we're brother and sister. (laughs) And we don't really know who our mommy is, but it just doesn't matter.
5: It's like Muppet Babies. Mommy's just a pair of legs and we're just incestuous, identical twin Babies.
6: Baby lovers.
5: Well, we wanted to talk about, very early on, we were a very cute couple.
6: (laughs) We met on a Verizon commercial. John got tangled up in a plant in the commercial and tripped over, and I was like, ooh, (laughs) I like that stunt guy.
5: (laughs) The commercial was like Verizon's business. It was like, it was like not a phone commercial. It was like their like ancillary business technology (laughs) thing. And the company that we worked at in the commercial, we didn't plan on describing this commercial, (laughs) but... (laughs) The company that we worked at in the commercial was not using Verizon. They were using the fucking fuck-up guys, and somehow their cooling system went crazy and was blowing air everywhere, and I got blown over by wild air. And then Verizon came, and somehow they fixed it. (laughs) Saved.
6: Saved the day. It was not a
5: commercial that aired much, because I don't think it applied to anything that anybody... (laughs) Wanted to buy from Verizon, <laughs> but, but that's
6: how we met, right? And then you had a girlfriend.
5: Andrea asked me if I had a girlfriend as we were meeting.
6: <laughs> I I did. I was like, what? I was like, what's your name? And he said John. And I was like, do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> and he said yes. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> and then. And then we were, and then should I tell the other part of it? Sure. And then, and, then like, and then like two days later, I was at a different audition for a different commercial, and I was talking to this guy who I knew knew John, and I was like, I have such a big crush on a guy you know, and I was talking this loud, but without the microphone, but I may as well have had a microphone. I was screaming, and there were tons of other people there, and he was like, oh, who is it? And I was like, John Gemberling! <laughs> Right I was why was I talking that loud? Um, because that's how I talk. And um, and this girl, like, whips around, she goes, "That's my boyfriend." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't even know him. I um, we don't know each other. I just said it because they were just words that I strung together. They're meaningless. I'm no threat. Don't worry about it." And then he w- that was his girlfriend for like the next two years.
5: Later that day, I saw her, my girlfriend, and she was like, you'll never believe what happened. This, like, Andrea Rosen, I saw her, and she was saying, like, she has this huge crush on you. Like, can you believe that? And I was like. (laughs) But we stuck it out for two, two and a half years.
6: In the middle of it, in the middle of the during that two and a half years when he was still dating her, I like happened to um, catch a huge fish, an actual fish, and I <laughs> I I hold a world record, right? So I caught She was
5: fishing. <laughs> she didn't just fall into the Thames and
6: No, I was fishing and I'm like in the International Game and Fishing There's Association. Fish in the Thames. And um, anyway, I caught the biggest permit fish. That's a kind of fish I hold the women's world records. No big thing, but 42-pound
5: permit fish on an 8-pound test line I was in sport, by a woman.
6: I was in Sport Fishing magazine. Um, they were like, Andrea Rosen of Brooklyn, New York, right? And there's a picture of me in fishing garb, which is like huge sunglasses. I think my dad's huge fishing shirt. Like, bandana, baseball hat, like, just, dis- you know, like, white, you know, white sunscreen everywhere. And um, and didn't she come home one time and wasn't there, isn't there a part of it? You were like... Oh, no,
5: I don't, I didn't know that I had any part of this.
6: Oh, I thought you were jerking off what? to my picture. <laughs> uh, did I make that up? Did I make that up?
5: I don't, know. N- she never... I certainly wouldn't have been jerking off to the fishing magazine. I would have used That's a computer. That's so weird. Or something.
6: I had it in <laughs> my mind that you had it up, and she was like, "Were you just jerking off to this?" And you were like, "No, I maybe." <laughs> that may, you
5: know that does ring a bell. Maybe there was like pictures of
6: you. Yeah.
5: I, I don't. I don't think it was a fishing magazine. Oh, you? D- oh, it wasn't. I didn't go to a newsstand and buy the fishing magazine. <laughs> but
6: that picture's up online. We did prepare this, but not this part.
5: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, I jerked off. Fine. I'll, I'll, yeah, I jerked well, I don't, off. You do,
6: it's okay if you didn't. It's okay if you didn't. I don't,
5: I, didn't I, don't, I don't know what, I can't remember that exact story, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say that I jerked off.
6: I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought he did.
5: <laughs> I did, but I don't know. I don't. She was very jealous, but.
6: <laughs> she was? Of yeah. me?
5: Well, I, I mean, I guess I was, like, jerking off.
6: <laughs> anyway, we branded ourselves as a cute couple early on, I guess. We were really
5: annoying to people. Yeah. We were mommy and baby. <laughs> we were each other's mommies and babies. And baby. each other's One of babies. us wasn't mommy and one wasn't baby. We were both mommy. And, and both, both Baby. baby. Which I think is healthy, I think it's like, you know, we care for each other, we can be cared for, and we care for each other.
6: Yeah, yeah. And we also talked in a baby voice a lot. We
5: talk, we're very talking like mommy. And
6: baby. And then it kind of morphed into, now we don't, we don't do mommy and baby as much. Now we call each other Mary.
5: Mary.
6: Mary. We get, I think
5: it started as a Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> saying Mary in um, Wonderful Life. And he's like, Mary, oh, Mary, I want to put a lasso around the sun and feed it to you. I don't know what he says. He's like, he like almost rapes her in that movie, I think.
6: I think so, yeah. She's
5: like, give me my clothes. He's like, oh well. (laughs) Watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's good. Frank Capra. Um, So we're both Mary, and then we just sort of get locked into the Mary voice.
6: We have two kids and one of us uh, one of them gets really mad at us when we call each other Mary. Because he's like, you can't both be Mary because he's like a a man and I'm a woman, so he has to be Maury. Isn't that so uptight for a four-year-old, right?
5: We had to change it to Maury.
6: Yeah, so so it's really hard for us. I still am like, Mary, and he's like, it's Maury! And he's four years old. It's kind of obnoxious.
5: And we si- we have skill, we can sing. We're very good at making up songs together mm-hmm. in harmony harmony. <laughs> you, would you want us to do it? I she always hits the same note as me. She won't do <laughs> harmony. But there's a related skill we do. <laughs> the, the single note, and this is sort of trippy. This gets sort of weird. You do it in each other's faces and you hit the same note so the sound wave is like you sync up that sound wave.
6: I start or you start?
5: We'll, we'll just find okay. it. Oh <laughs> uh, If you do it right into each other's mouths, you feel the sort of buffeting of the sound wave. It's pretty cool. It's cool. If anybody's like, you know, you <laughs> smoke a little grass. And
6: <laughs> One time, my friend Sam was like, um, you guys can have my country house this weekend. And we were like, oh, cool.
5: Wait, let me do the voicemails first, because that's a heightening.
6: Oh, oh right,
5: right, right, right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play you... Just a sample, this is how anal I am. I have like hours of voicemails saved from like 10 years ago that she's left me. And this is just a sample of them, three of them. But there's many, many. And this is before you could send the voicemail directly from your phone. So this is me recording from the phone into GarageBand on my laptop. (laughs) And just like muting the files. Okay. And I, I had to output these today. <laughs> so here's one. Volume's up on the phone.
3: Mommy,
6: I'm calling to tell you that I'm a bunny bee.
3: This is her. And they have fluffy cars. And they stomp, stomp, stomp when I think of you. <laughs> Sounds
6: they, like a child, right?
5: Here's another one.
3: Hours. Last one. You're my little, You're my little God
5: bless you. If you didn't hear it at the end, it ends with God
3: bless you <laughs> um,
6: Okay, so should I talk about Sam's house? So yeah. then my <laughs> f- <laughs> Sorry,
5: <clears throat> sorry Go ahead
6: um, My <clears throat> friend Sam said, I have this country house Do you guys want to have it for... <sighs> the christmas break and i was like yeah because we don't want to spend it with our parents um so <laughs> we 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 like rented a car this was when we lived in new york we rented a car we drove upstate to sam's house like near woodstock but really in the boonies Margaretsville. <laughs> we get there there's we really have to take a shit both of us have to shit so badly um, and I'm like, I don't know where the key is to the front door. And he's like, oh, you didn't read the email? And I was like, no. Um, so then we had to like drive like 10 more miles to find a place where there was internet so that I could read the email. And the email said the key is like right under the mat. <laughs> and I was like, it's under the mat. And he's like, we, we should have just looked there. And I was like, yeah. So, so ten more miles back, and by this point, we really had to take a shit. Like, we, like shit was, like, on the verge of just, like, jumping out of our assholes. Both of us. And um, so we opened the door, and it's, like, barely a house. It was, like, there was a wall missing. It was missing.
5: under construction. It's yeah. winter time. It's
6: winter. It's winter. There was a wall missing. There were power tools in the living room. There was mouse shit everywhere in this kitchen. It was, like,
5: tarped. It was, like... <laughs> There were, there, some were walls, and some were just tarps, like, yeah, blowing in the wind. Yeah, she didn't really
6: tell us the state of the house. Or if she did, I forgot. Um, <laughs> so, so we were racing to find a bathroom. Neither of us had well, ever been there before. we had to turn before. the water on. Oh, yeah, we had to... We had to, had to turn to... the pipes
5: on, so we turned that on, and the pipe starts spraying water Yeah. because it had frozen yeah. and cracked. I don't know if you know what water does, but it expands when it freezes. And cracks. Them. Does everybody know that about water? <laughs> expands when it freezes. A lot of things contract when they freeze. Not water. Water expands. Anyway.
6: Right. So, so the pipes were frozen. The toilets had just frozen water in them. You can't. You can't. We couldn't like shit huge piles of shit on top of frozen water. But water.
5: Imagine toilet water like the water level of toilet, but just frozen. Like a placid pond, yeah, just frozen in the toilet.
6: So John's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's like no, it's nighttime. There are no houses in sight. There are no stores. There's nothing. We're in the middle of nowhere. The only thing near
5: was a, was just across the street was a big cemetery.
6: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Just graves. So I was like, "Uh," So I went through, I opened up cabinets in the kitchen. I didn't even know what my plan was. And then... And then I found a stack of paper plates, and I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I, like, handed John a stack of paper plates, and I took a stack for myself. I was like, let's go outside and do this. Um, So we went outside, and we were facing each other, (laughs) and we pulled our pants down. We were like dogs. You know when dogs have to shit so badly, they're, like, circling? We faced each other. we were laughing so hard, and we put the paper plates between our legs and took the hugest dumps of our lives. eye
5: contact the whole time. And just like plates of like if you think of like a heaping hot plate of food,
6: <laughs> it was cold it was just... outside. It was so it was literally steaming. Um, we did get the light. <laughs> <laughs> a while ago. Oh, we did. Yeah.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We wanted to talk about how we'll wrap it up.
6: Yeah, we should wrap it up.
5: But it's hard.
6: Being married is so hard.
5: <laughs> it's
6: hard. It's to good, be but cute. hard.
5: But then you have hard times. We've had hard times. We've
6: had to, and then we. <laughs> Go to marriage counseling. We do go to
5: counseling. It's hard. She doesn't y- know
6: about this shit on the paper plate. Let's tell her. <laughs> Julie, there's something we haven't told you about. It's hard
5: when you are a cute couple and you have that identity, and then things get hard and you don't know what you are. Are anymore? It's, and, yeah, and John and has
6: OCD, and I
5: don't like that. It's annoying to her, and she withdraws from me. And but we have
6: different threat systems.
5: Threat responses.
6: Responses.
5: And I come to her, but she wants to go away. But that makes me more anxious when to come.
6: And then that kicks up his OCD. Uh,
5: She told me uh, she thought I was gonna kill her, crush her spirit.
6: Right, not physical, but spiritual.
5: But I didn't want. That was not my intention. I know that wasn't your intention. I know that wasn't
6: your intention. But that is how I felt. We just, anybody out there, you just gotta (laughs) work
5: on it. And just love each other and Thank
6: you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
2: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33 percent with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
6: Many of us have
1: those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Aging punk icon, Henry Rollins.
0: I'm not familiar. Wait, was he on Z Nation?
1: <laughs> I love that your knowledge of Henry Rollins is that he had a three-episode arc on the sci-fi show <laughs> Z Nation.
0: That's how I keep up to date, honey. It's like if I see you on a sci-fi joint and I do your IMDb, that's how I'll get to know you. That's how I'll get to know you. I don't, I don't keep up. I believe I keep he, up.
1: He, pay, he played a, a coach in Jack Frost, perhaps?
0: <laughs> what Jack Frost? About, wait, The Snowman? Yeah.
1: Michael King turns the Snowman. I believe he was also in, anyway, if anyone wants to look up Henry Rollins' IMDB, I believe <laughs> he was in Johnny Mnemonic.
0: Okay, I don't know why you know so much about this man. I've never heard you mention this man's name until tonight, and now you're rattling off his deep cuts.
1: I, well, okay, in the last two years, uh, the political situation being what it is i've started to listen to a lot of like early 80s punk again Ooh, uh, minor threat uh, uh, uh black flag henry rollins was in black flag this is
0: were they were those racist groups no <laughs> i don't know 80s punk but the imagery i have you know what i mean like white guys in timberland boots and they're angry and so i assume if you're angry, you racist. So you Isn't think, that horrible? That like I hear rage and I'm like, he's coming for me.
1: I just want to point this out. You think that because we live, uh, uh, again, I, we don't want to talk about yeah, politics yeah, here, yeah, yeah. but we live in a living hell. Where Uh Nazis feel emboldened to me being Jewish, me being anti-fascist, me wearing an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez t-shirt. Okay, baby, you be donating. You think that I would be like, you know what, I want to listen to some racist punk music.
0: (laughs) No, I just don't know. Like a lot of that, I don't know, Andy. I'm just asking. You don't ridicule me for my curiosity. Even though, oh my God, what if I started going to those punk shows being like a black barbecue Becky? These white men are yelling and I feel unsafe. (laughs) I wonder if anyone would come, you know? How quickly would they arrive?
1: I did, when I was a a teenager uh, growing up in Pennsylvania, I did go to a, a punk show at a VFW. (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't know any of the, I didn't know any of the bands. It was just like a friend was like, oh, we should go to this. That's, you know, there's nothing else. It's fucking Reading, Pennsylvania. What else are we going to do? And so we went and I was looking through the seven inches and like a bunch of them start, like I start to notice a pattern of swastikas. And I'm just like, maybe I should <laughs> not be here. Good
0: night. Because like I was a slow fucking retreat. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: I was Hasidic at the time. So it was oh, real. Oh,
0: okay. That was a tricky part.
1: Chaos, the tallest, everything. I'm just going to keep saying Hebrew words.
0: I love it. I love when you speak in your people's native tongue.
1: Baruch at Adonai,
0: hamverach. Baruch at Adonai, Eloheinu melchalam. Asher banu, it's Asher It's <laughs> close. Mikol mi v'hamin. Venat lanu et torah torah, baruch at Adonai, notenah Torah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's what happens when you go to too many bar and bat mitzvahs in seventh grade. I will bring you half Torah portion realness. Yes, I did. I brought half Torah portion realness to the Virgil, and they didn't see it coming. And that wasn't even my best recitation. I'm almost embarrassed, you know, but that's where I was at.
1: Yeah, that's what I could do in that moment. So it was just a short clip of us talking in between sets at the uh, at the August show, but it made me think about talking about music. Yeah, because you and I like very different kinds of music. We are musical.
0: Opposites,
1: obviously. I <laughs> said I listened to Minor Threat and Black Flag uh, as a as a youth, and you did not know what those words meant. <laughs>
0: but yet, we do you come listen- together
1: musically. Yeah. We have fun. We do. Well, I used to be an indie rock band, mm-hmm. and while I don't write indie rock songs anymore, I do write songs around the house. I like be humming to myself. So this, I, I, we want to play you some music that we've written together. Or that I've written just, like, around the house. I want to show you this song. So I've been doing a lot of, like, clerical work lately, a lot of emailing, a lot of, like, scheduling stuff and not a lot of creative stuff. And I've been feeling tons of anxiety. And I would, like, wake up at 3 in the morning, Naomi, just, like, rife with anxiety.
0: I know. I, like, roll over (laughs) and suddenly I got the whole bed to myself. I start starfishing, like, laying flat
1: fully (laughs) like a starfish
0: yes i just like lay flat and i'm like i guess he's on the couch and so that's how i know you're gone
1: yeah and i was humming this song and i'm like i'm just gonna record this i spent an hour just recording this song and the anxiety is so much less now that's the power guys the power of creating that's the power of music so when i quick play you this first song i wrote it's called everything in the world is all right anna roll it please everything in the world is all right i lied to escape from my fright but maintaining that lie i'm draining- <laughs> and concerned. <laughs> well, no. Now I got those negative feelings
0: out. Right. In a very catchy way, I must say. Thank you. You're very good at like making it catchy. Even though it's not necessarily my genre, I'm like, you'll leave me humming. You'll leave me humming it. You know. I think we've really found a nice crossover moment in our musical interests. In yeah. Because I do like to, I make up songs too, I just don't have the capacity to play any instruments. So I just start to sing fake lyrics I make up in the house. And then you'll try to give them a little life, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, like, well, Like, our
0: next joint we went to play, like, this is a prime example. So,
1: Andy and I started watching Castle Rock on Hulu, okay? And- Started watching, can I point this out? Started watching, which much like a lot of the shows we watch, means you've seen the first handful of episodes, and then you're like, I can't deal with this anymore. And then I continue watching. Not not because it's bad or anything like that. I'm very much enjoying Castle Rock. But it's, I don't know if it, what it is. Is it the, like the anxiety of having to like keep watching? It's the anxiety and like also what this
0: song is about. Because basically, so Andre Holland is the lead. He was adopted as a young boy by a white woman in Castle Rock. He's the only black man in Castle Rock. They need to call Castle Rock Little Rock. Little Rock 1. Because Andre, Andre Holland is up in here walking through Castle Rock. Nobody <laughs> trusts him or believe him. And I said, I can't watch him be under siege. I was out and immediately started singing a silly song about it. And then because you, like every silly idea I have in my head, you are always inspired to codify and make real, which is so validating. We made a song called The Only Black Man in Castle Rock. Give it a listen. He's the only black man in Castle Rock. A town so wide, could be about. He's the only black man in They say he's a killer and that's no shock. Andre Holland's reliving the Nick tonight. So you know that's a short little something. And when we say he's reliving the Nick, that's from the other show Andre Holland was in where he was the only black doctor. I'm
1: done with him being the only black anything. Give him a space to be safe. I believe he's the only black man in the one season... Sitcom sixteen hundred pen.
0: Oh my God, Andre Holland. He needs a safe space. He's in Moonlight. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's so, true. Yeah. He can. He. He's. He's found a comforting arm. <laughs> he's found arms. a safe space. He's found a comforting <laughs> arm. And guys, just one more. You know, this is another one where I started joshing around the house. I was goofing, very much inspired by my antidepressants. All right, the cocktail was working, and it had me feeling punchy. So I started goofing around, in and Andy, ever the creator. Decided to put a little music to it, and we would love
1: to play it for you live. Guys, do you feel the energy? Do you feel the crackling energy in the studio? Do you feel like we're it's the who? You're, you're witnessing the who on the radio, a band neither of us really cares about. I'm not familiar with their work. I've really? heard of
0: them. I've heard of them. Don't start with me, Andy. Don't be surprised. You guys, we're going to play you a little song. We can thank my psychopharmacologist, honestly, for the inspiration. And... Here we go, Andy. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm gonna do a vocal warm-up. Yep. One, two, one, two, three. Well, butrin, well, butrin. I'm feeling my well butrin. Now I seem to know how to have fun. Well butrin, well butrin. Well tell me how heavy you've been, cause I haven't wanted to see anyone. Until Wellbutrin, Wellbutrin, emotions it is mutin'. I know how to be part of the world. Extended-release tablets erased all of my madness, and now I feel like a normal girl.
1: Woo! Y'all get better now. You hear?
0: So you see, we took it in a country place because that's what happens on your Wellbutrin. All right, 300
1: milligrams. Get milligrams, milligrams. That's what I. That's what I call my <laughs> tiny grandmother.
3: The point
0: is the medication's working, and I encourage you all to take a multi-pronged approach to your mental health. <laughs> uh,
1: so I hope you guys enjoy this. We thought we would just like try something new. You know, we're like what ten episodes in. We thought we tried something new.
5: Yeah, just play me- around
1: because a corner. I wanted to say is because you know a foundation of our relationship is. Singing fun, weird songs together.
0: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I will be haunted by the fact that I was very pitchy at the end. I didn't close out as strong as I thought. (laughs) But you know what? I'm going to stay true to the moment. We're not going to re-record it, okay? We are going to play the song as it stands. And yes, if you'd like an extended version, perhaps that becomes a bonus episode. Who knows? Let's think about it for a future. Sell
1: this baby for 99 cents on iTunes. (laughs) Okay,
0: you guys, I hope you enjoyed that. You know, it's in your head now. You're excited about the state of the world. You are about to watch Castle Rock. You're going to call your doctor.
1: You're going to clip out all of those and make MP3s that he can (laughs) listen to on repeat. be Uh, like, damn, those guys are good songwriters. Why isn't Ariana Grande hiring them for her next album? (laughs) Oh, God is a woman. Guys,
0: (laughs) we would love to play you one more live set. Again, something wonderful from our August show at the Virgil in L.A., This is a set from Jess Wood and Baron Vaughn, hilarious comedians who perform all over the country. Jess Wood has been on Gotham Comedy Live, Access TV, and she hosts the podcast Get Wood. You may know Baron from his roles on Grace and Frankie, Corporate, the new Mystery Science Theater 3000. He's also the co-host of the comedy show The New Negroes, which will premiere on Comedy Central next year. I believe you're on that, are you not? You quit tooting my (laughs) horn, baby.
3: Quit tooting
1: my horn. I believe you do a set.
0: All right, guys. It was great. I was
1: there. Thank you very much. You're welcome. But we got another great set for you. Baron and Jess. Here you go. Roll it.
3: Oh, my goodness.
4: Uh, This is my my good friend, Jess Wood. And this is uh,
3: one of my best friends in the world, Baron Vaughn. The very Uh, talented We are
4: an interracial, intergendered friendship. (laughs)
3: It's true.
4: Um, We met a fucking long-ass time ago. We were just trying to figure out how long ago it was. Was it 03?
3: I wanna say it was 03.
4: So we met in 2003.
3: 2003. Has anyone
4: else here known anyone else in the room for 15 years? All right, you bragging motherfuckers. (laughs) We're on stage! (laughs) (laughs) One-sided conversation!
3: (laughs) Uh, We met doing comedy Mm -hmm. in an alternative room in New York City. The alt-comedy scene. When
4: there were clear fucking divisions. If you walked into a room and Eugene Merman was there, you knew what you were in for. Alt. Now you don't know. It might be Eugene Merman, Kevin
3: Hart on the same show. You don't know. It's exciting out here. <laughs> uh, what was
4: the show that we met at? Do you remember?
3: I think it was called Sweet Paprika.
4: Oh, yeah, Sweet Paprika, back in the day uh-huh. in, uh, in New York. Yes. Three, two people remember that show. Uh, yes. um, it was at the Village Lantern, right? Yes, a musky, musky
3: bar. Does
4: anybody know the Village Lantern in New York City? A couple people. Um, So yeah, we met at Sweet Paprika. Yeah. And then we kind of liked each other's comedy.
3: Yeah, we liked each other's comedy, but we really bonded because we found out a little bit about one another, about our history in comedy so far. And what had happened was... (laughs) uh, (laughs) I was uh, told by the club owners and the clubs that I was too black to play the White Rooms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My best friend Baron here was told
4: that I was uh, I was too white to play the black rooms.
3: So we became pals because we were like, how come we can't be ourselves? Yeah, I was like <laughs> this is weird. Let's make a middle. <laughs> um, and, then we,
4: and then we <laughs> never did. Uh,
3: yeah. I Haven't done that yet, not yet.
4: Jess, are you are you the only white woman that was on Deaf Comedy Jam?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was the first. That's what I know. Jess was the
4: first <laughs> white woman on Deaf Comedy Jam.
3: It's been tremendous. It's been yeah. a tremendous ride. I want to thank everybody for uh, looking out for me. They—they they didn't uh, include me in the 25-year anniversary. It was really <laughs> fucked up. Oh, like, Rich Voss, I was hey. But, oh you know, man, yeah. What are you gonna do?
4: Um, it's we comedy. connected for each other's, I guess, wildness. Yeah. Darkness. Sadness. <laughs> That's sadness and depression.
3: Lot of anxiety.
4: It can bring people together. Very um. Good. We sing sometimes. Uh, when we're nervous. Yeah, never cry. <laughs> never cry. Sing all the time. Never cry. What's that uh, about?
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry. T- <laughs> we're tough out here. Alt. <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> and Jess's uh, secret, which is not so secret, oh. which is that you are a, a native Los Angelino.
3: I am. She I have like, this tattoo of, uh, that says Los Angeles. How many people ask me, are you from L.A.? No, Madison. Madison, (laughs) Wisconsin. Just thought I'd give you a little shout-out on my fucking muscles. Uh, What the fuck? (laughs) Weird. Uh, I got this from a friend of mine. I did grow up here. Uh, Hung out with some people in the streets. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The guy that actually did this gang member uh, type. And... uh, He goes, uh, the L represents, and I was like, stop right now, you can stop explaining what it represents, like, I can't.
4: (laughs) My favorite thing about, (laughs) since Jess has moved back to Los Angeles, which is, how long ago was this? Only two years. A couple years ago, because we met in New York, and you were there for, like, a long-ass time. A big thing that brought you back, and it's something that we connected on, because basically, like, you know, whilst we're not a couple, we have been each other's therapists, We've witnessed all the different relationships we've had over the last 15 years. And uh, a big thing that has come up for both of us is uh, our fathers, right? Some of you had some. You're very lucky.
3: I thought we were doing another song. Got nervous.
4: Because you started coming here when you were looking for this dude. Yes. Can you help these people
3: these nice people that story uh, yes i uh, thank you Baron. Mm-hmm. i uh a few years ago my mother told me that my dad wasn't my real dad A little late in life huh not to think? <laughs> and um but my mom wild gal wild gal and uh she, it was the 70s Chessie. come on be you're so tight uh <laughs> <laughs> so I um, I came out here a few years ago and I did some DNA uh, swabbing with a man who was on the lamb uh, for 35 years. I'd never met a uh, drug dealer on the lamb. Uh, very true. He dealt coke to Richard Pryor. I wanted him to be my dad so badly, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, daddy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> daddy. And, uh, sorry. And... <laughs> he we di- we did some swabbing in his mercedes and i was like mercedes i was raised on welfare you might owe me a dollar or two so <laughs> that was exciting and um but we sent it away, and he used an alias on the envelope, which I thought was so cool and criminal. And you know how you, you always like want someone like your dad when you pick a boyfriend? I was like, oh, this explains it. Like, if this is the guy, all I've had are criminals. So you it wasn't c- him.
4: But you were excited about this dude, too, because he yes. was the only person that was honest.
3: Yeah, he with was With you really the
4: entire time. Yes. You got some dodgers...
3: Yeah, the guy that I grew up with, like, getting dropped off at his house, uh, when I called him and said, hey, you know, my mom just said, you know, maybe there's a DNA thing, and he was like, do you want a list of all the dudes your mother was fucking when we were together? And I was like, ah, no. And, you know, but then a couple months into the search, I was like, do you have that list? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Write it in wingdings.
3: <laughs> so it's been an adventure.
4: Right, and then I met mine two years ago. Yeah. And that was, uh, he's in New Mexico, <laughs> if anybody wants to see him. <laughs>
3: um,
4: I know where he is now. Isn't that fucking crazy? And, uh, yeah, because we met in a park in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I made a documentary about it because that's who I am. I was like, person a moment, better get some fucking cameras there. <laughs> um, this is not just for me. This is for Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, <laughs> My way of fusion doesn't exist anymore. Actually, I don't know. Um, but, you know, Jess, was. we were kind of talking with each other a lot because there's a lot of processing about, like, these men that we never knew in some sort of way because I kind of, and this is what we do mostly. Like, we process with each other. We when we meet, we're just kind of like, how are you feeling? We're just kind of always trying to remind each other to love ourselves.
3: Yeah, love ourselves better. Right. A, a, a what was happening to you personally when you found your father, though, at the same time that you found him?
4: Um, well, at the same time that I was finding this dude, I was finding out about becoming a father. Is that what you're trying to talk yes. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set
3: up! Come um, on, go with it. Jesus. Um,
4: right? Cycle broken! Um, <laughs> just in case anyone's wondering how you do it, show up once. Um, <laughs> in this fucking... The whole cycle uh, does it. This is another thing because we both we both say dark shit with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I guess I would be you know some of us some people would describe us as intense sometimes. Yeah. But I think that's what probably brought us together is this mutual intensity that we can just kind of you know fuck with each other on that that level and it doesn't weird us out in that sort of a way where I'm just kind of like I met my father don't know what any of that means bye. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, never going to meet mine, don't know, bye. <laughs> sort of a thing. And That's then we kind of, it loops into all these different relationships and stuff. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else should we talk about that, that, we, that we are? I wanted to talk about Criff Dogs.
3: You okay. Did, you didn't okay. Want to talk about Sure, it. I used to work at a hot dog restaurant. There's a hot dog spot City.
4: in New York in the East Village called Criff Dogs. And when I had no money... <laughs> Uh, Jess was working there, and I could just fucking eat a hot dog every day, which sounds ridiculous now, but saved my fucking life every single day. Lost a pair of Tim's there. I remember that. Um, Tim's I was carrying around in a plastic bag all day for no fucking reason. And I was just like, I'm going to lose these. If I put these down, I'm going to lose them. And I got there. I'm like, yes, it's here. I won't forget. And then I left, and I'm like, my Tim's. Um... But basically, every eighth customer to come into Crift Dogs like was a size 12 Timbaland Boots. So those shits were gone just like that. But that's where we spent the most time together, I would say.
3: It's true. They had a bong in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what was it like
4: working there? Because you... you
3: <laughs> My boss... I, this, okay, this kind of wraps it up. My boss uh, was a, a very large Jewish guy who loved bacon wrap hot dogs and had c- covered in tattoos. And uh, he fought a lot of people that would come in. He, he fought customers a lot. Hmm. And there were uh, cameras everywhere in the restaurant. And uh, this one time, someone came in. I believe he was French, the, the customer. And uh, he came in. He was like, oh, this hot dog is not. Nice, it's no good. And he, like, did a spit. You know he how French people are. Yeah, he's, and but he did a spit into the counter. And uh, the girl that was Wait, 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 wait.
4: He did a French spit?
3: Uh, the French like spit. Like to go, these hot
4: dogs are no good. <laughs>
3: yeah. He did a like he
4: spit with a P and a T yes, in
3: it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes.
4: That's a French spit.
3: And because the boss was upstairs all the time, the girl at the counter ran upstairs and she said, "Hey, this guy just spit in the thing." And he's like, "Who fucking spit?" And so he ran downstairs <laughs> and he literally attacked this man in the in the restaurant. I mean, two girls were having you know tater tots and milkshakes, and all of a sudden this French guy's like, ooh, tout And he just goes for the fucking on the Pac-Man machine. You know, it's very hip there. Uh, but, well, I, the exact kind of
4: place to over over. To, to grow a friendship. <laughs>
3: yes.
4: The exact kind of spot. Thank you, Baron. Where Thank big you. people um, fight French people. That's <laughs> where you will find me and Jess. That's
2: true.
4: Whenever a big man has to fight a French spitter, <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Whenever a dad refuses to swab, <laughs> 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 we will be there. It's true. Uh, anyway.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Baron. <laughs> That's it for us. Thank you very Thanks much, you everybody.
1: Back to Andy and Naomi. Criff Dogs. Naomi, do you remember Criff Dogs? Yes, I do.
0: And did you know there was like a secret you would go through Criff Dogs and there was what looks like a phone booth and you would go through that phone booth to a bar called PDT? Please no. don't tell. <laughs> Please don't tell. Yes, and you have to like call to make a reservation. It was like very hip and cool. It's you like, like
1: DL bar? I don't know. what No, it's not. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever DL means, it's
0: not. It was like a regular bar, but it was supposed to be hip.
1: Go back and listen to... <laughs> The uh, episode with Elliot and Brent,
0: if you right, want to know right, what I'm talking about,
1: right, right, right. Episode three, great episode. Speaking of great episodes, this was a great episode, Naomi. It was
0: a real fun time. We really kind of we we bared our souls playing mm-hmm. the music that we just
1: play in the house. Oh yeah, there's. Uh, I think that was maybe. I know we've talked about like other like you know emotional and kinds of things, but I I feel like that was maybe our most vulnerable. Oh, completely, completely. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Before we go, though, we have some stuff to tell you. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you could, please rate and review it. We need your ratings and reviews. We're like Gollum, and your ratings (laughs) and reviews are our precious.
0: Yes. Uh, Hit us up on social at Andy and Naomi on Twitter, at Couples Therapy Pod on Instagram.
1: Also on Twitter, there's us individually, at Blacktress for Naomi and at Andy Beckerman for... Moi. Yes. And you I'm could... a Miss Piggy fanatic. So whenever I refer to myself, I'm always moi. Also, guys, if you live in Los Angeles, you should come see us live. The next live show is October 6th at the Virgil at 8 p.m. Uh, great lineup uh, so far. Max Silvestri and Gabe Leadman. Alice Wetterland's going to be on. Very excited for this one. If you go to couplestherapypod.com, you can get tickets under See Us Live. Also, We have merch. You hear me say all the time how excited I am about having t-shirts and stuff. I could not be more thrilled. We have a open your hearts, loosen your butts t-shirt. I plotced when I saw what the t-shirt company made. It is very tasteful.
0: It is very tasteful. (laughs) It is. And on brand. You will love it. So get yourself a t-shirt, baby. Yeah.
1: Again, on CouplesTherapyPod.com, there's a little tab that says store. So you can get stuff there. Uh, Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Come back next week. And in the meantime, I hope you, I hope your lives are delicious. With that, I mean, I hope you eat lots of mozzarella sticks. (laughs) Bye. See ya.